Hey everyone, Neil Brennan here. This is the Blacks Podcast. This is the longest I've known a guest. I don't think I could have a guest on that I've known longer that isn't from my family. Pause. Um, and pause for no applause. Pause for no- <laughs> and I've known you since you were 18 and I was 15? No, no, no. You were 17. Okay. And I was 19. Okay. What year was that? I remember 89? meeting you at downstairs in the little area between the Boston Comedy Club and Sun Mountain. Yep. Sun Mountain was a bar. It was a it was a horribly named comedy club and a horribly named bar. Right, because it they, was in New York, but it was it called was in New York, Boston, Boston Comedy Club, Sun Mountain. No one knows what it means um, to this day. She's uh, one of the best comedians uh, I've ever seen. I don't, whatever, take it. And it's true. And I also, the thing I like about it is when you first started, it was hard. Yeah, of course. But like no one, everyone just sees the finished product. Right. I literally saw your, probably one of your first 20 or 30 sets. Like, and then you, and this is a different question. It seemed like it wasn't working and then something happened and it started working. Cause like a lot of the jokes in Jesus magic, your first special were like, I'd seen not do well for a year. Yeah, they were like all my best jokes from 10 years of doing stand-up or <laughs> yeah. not. Yeah, yeah. And sure, yeah. Well, I mean, I have jokes now that are not working that I know will work. I just have to figure it out. Yeah. I mean, sometimes all it needs is a pause or like an article or a or you didn't set it up enough or you set it up too much or you need to edit it out and pair it. What did you tell yourself during that period? Like Back I then? Yeah. I don't want to say I have no inner monologue. Obviously, I do. There's a piece. Some people don't. You know, that's like a thing. <laughs> For real. It's look it up. It's a, I'll flash it on screen. Like there, I read an article on psychology today. Some people have no inner monologue. Now, is that because they are without substance or is it because they are living so much in the moment? It's either it's one or the other. They're Possibly either incredibly both. shallow or incredibly deep. And it's it's often hard to tell. With people like it. But there are people who, like, it's not a me- – they don't know why. I think for stand-up – I mean, I was 17 when I started doing stand-up, and then I moved to New York, and then I, you know, was doing stand-up regularly, even if I was just hanging out with Todd Berry trying to get on at mm-hmm. the Boston Comedy Club if somebody didn't show up. Yep. I think I was just so excited to be in New York on my own and doing – you know, or working towards being a stand-up. I was happy. I was just like kind of always happy. There is like a scrappy theater vibe to it when you first start. I was a bedwetter till I was 16. (laughs) You know, like that's a long time. Yeah. Um, Maybe 15. And then like two years later, I started doing what I've always wanted to do in my whole life. And I didn't wet the bed. And I moved to New York and this feeling of being homesick, but I was home. That was the depression of years of of my tweens and teens had gone away. I mean, the second home I moved to being New being like you were homesick when you were in New Hampshire or you were homesick yeah, when you Yeah, I grew up in New Hampshire. I knew nothing of anywhere else. But I had this depression that I could only explain as a, a deep feeling of homesickness. But there was no way to satiate it because I was home. It's almost like a horror movie. And... Uh, when I finally got over that bout of depression and then I moved to New York and I was like, oh my God, I'm home. 
I, you know, I just, yeah. I just didn't know that that was my home. I had, you know, and so I felt I was on a, a, a multi-year high, like a four-year high of like nothing really got me down. I mean, yeah, you was, know, boyfriends was, or this right. or whatever, but like I was so excited to go out every night and do stand-up or try to do stand-up or go to open mics or whatever. You know, it was just. If you like doing stand-up, Doing stand-up is such a great thing. Right. I know it sounds incredibly dumb and obvious, but like. Well, it does because one of my blocks is. I know. I saw that. Her Sarah's first block is when I have a set at night, it ruins my day. Yeah. And I want you to help me. I have a, I, this came to me about three months ago and I texted Raviglia immediately. If you want to know what it's like to do stand-up or or be a stand-up or have a spot that night, think about when you have to do a toast. We have to do a toast every night. So around 2 3 o'clock, you just start, where's my toast? Like you're kind of just obsessing about the toast or the, in our case, spot, but like you're kind of preoccupied all the time. The only help I can provide is I've accepted it. Do you know what I mean? Like- I had another thought, which is neuroses is basically having a feeling about a feeling. So I'm nervous. Okay. I'm not going to be like, well, why are you nervous? Because you're weak. I just, that's what, that's where it gets bad. Well, there, there's no conversation to have with yourself. There's no conversation to have with yourself. Oh. You know uh, what I mean? Like there's no yeah. good conversation. Just if you're having a conversation with yourself, that's when you go, oh. I'm telling myself horror stories. You know what I mean? Like I, That's the only conversation I am willing to have. <laughs> I literally did it pulling up here. I was like, or you cannot think like this. I was playing one of my classic revenge fantasies. And uh, and I was like, or don't think like this. Just, or stop talking like this. You don't have to. But it kind of went, I mean, mine started early. This morning? In, no, in life. Oh. Even worse. In life. Yeah. But I'm sure yours did too. Not necessarily revenge, but like the chatter. Um, It started when I was 13. Do you Oof. know what did it? Oh, yeah. yeah. Great. I know exactly what did. I have a picture of the moment. <laughs> because it was my mother. I had come off a camping trip where I was student leader in New Hampshire, eighth grade, Cardigan Mountain. I cried the whole time. I was humiliated, pre-humiliated because I had hid diapers, 13, diapers. Your bet, you're wetting the bed three nights, two nights a week, three nights, like every night? It depends. I mean, I have a diary at that time where I would, at the top, I'd write wet or dry so I could track it. And I got off, I had cried the whole time like a fucking human being having feelings. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I was going to say baby. That's what and we used to say in the 80s. I was humiliated. I was ashamed. It was finally over. I could have I could have not cried the whole time and now it would have been over. You know, I had all these feelings in my head. Giant backpack, like huger than me. We all get off the bus and our parents pick us up. My mother never picked me up. It was always my stepdad or that's it, you know. But she picked me up that day. And it was like paparazzi. Because my mom was a, like a photographer Click, 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 click. As I get off, I go, Mom, please stop. Please stop. I was begging her to stop, and she wouldn't stop. It's the oddest way of being ignored. 
and, and it's kind of like paparazzi, you know, it's like they're giving you attention, but that, not really, it's not about you don't want. Right. And, and they're, they're not listening to your, your needs or your pleading Click, 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 click. And it was like a cloud covering the sun. It happened like, a, you know how like you can just be sitting here and then all of a sudden in the next moment you go, oh my God, I have the flu. Like it has happened that yeah. fast. It was that fast depression and it lasted three years. But it it, it was that that bout. It, it was the feeling of, oh fuck, I'm alone. I'm alone in this feeling. Oh my God. Because that is a way I tried to describe it at that time to a therapist, I was just like, I, I'm, I became obsessed with the fact that I was all alone behind my eyes, you know, like there's no one else who can be in my head with me. And it was a terrifying feeling that no matter. And and I suddenly, I was very social. My friends came over every day. I couldn't be with my friends. I couldn't be with my friends. I, I, I couldn't be with anyone. I needed to just be alone. I couldn't feel the pressure of, of having to like, be okay. I remember I would watch my friends from afar and see them just living life and and be so envious of of them just being fine. That isolation you felt looking at your friends, right? Did it make you feel sorry? What what how were they different than you? They were okay. <laughs> they could you- just move through life and be fine. And all of a sudden, and that's how I was. And it's funny because it, it's like my perspective changed by one degree and now the whole world was different and totally foreign to me. Based on my mom isn't providing me with the, my needs. I mean, certainly, sure, probably. On that, in I that mean, occasion. Yeah. This is you telling me this for the first time and I you think you're probably right. All I know is the moment it triggered and what happened. And it was, it was really scary. And uh, I couldn't go to school. I wouldn't go to school. Just a whole thing. It was you like love mis- your mom, though. I mean, like, that's you really like your mom, right? I, well, my mom died like seven years ago. I love her. All my sisters moved in with my dad when they got divorced. You know, eventually my sister Laura did, too. She, she, she was a holdout for a little bit. And then it was just me and my mom, and they would call me and be like, you, you're not safe there. And, you know, just stuff my dad had brainwashed them to think. And I believed them. But I couldn't leave her like I, I was scared to leave her. And I felt like my room there and my it was home, you know, like I, I so I would go to my dad like I want to want to live with you. But I, you know, so but I really wanted to be with my mom, but I resented her because I believed all the shit. You know, it's the classic divorce. It's thing. just, yeah, it was just an and ugly, like, awful. Now divorce. you can look back and be like, ah, they didn't know what the fuck they were doing. No, they were, they had no skills. It's amazing. My parents like got through life at all. And then their second lives with their getting remarried were joyful and yeah. great. And then they became like brother and sister. I mean, my, my mom on her deathbed was holding my dad and my stepmother's hands. Yeah, I mean that's the it, the the expectations for parents until 1995 was hey don't kill the baby. Yeah. And if you did that, that's you did it. Don't you did you kill the baby? No, I didn't kill the baby. You're fucking I'm great. And by the way, their childhoods were so upsettingly horrible. Yes. It's amazing what they did. My mom's mom died when my mom was 2 in 1935. My mom and her sisters get just divvied up amongst their aunts 
because the men weren't going to take it. Like the her their dad was. It wasn't even a question. Wow. One of my aunts went to Ireland with the caveat that they'd pick her up in like a few months, and then World War II started. You're stuck for twelve years or something. Stuck in Ireland. I met the woman. My my aunt who got I, her mom dies. She gets sent to Ireland. Hitler. It's just like a fucking nightmare. I meet the and woman. Hitler didn't come to Ireland. He didn't come, but he he wanted to. He he had he was on the schedule. He was adding shows. Adding shows. <laughs> and and such a comedian. Oh, uh, forever. Even with the even with the big H. I can't believe you've never called him Big H. And. <laughs> The so like I met my aunt, one of the angriest people I've ever met, and I was like, legit, it should be, she should be. So I yeah, and before that, they were all illiterate farmers. So what are we complaining about? Not literally, like yeah. what we're complaining because you know. Well, that's a thing of um, children of Holocaust survivors. One thing they have in common is they feel they are not allowed to have any feelings. They can't get upset when their, you know, girlfriend or boyfriend breaks yes. up with them. They can't have trivial feelings because my parents were in Auschwitz. <laughs> like, yeah. that trumps everything. Yeah. But you must be able to have your feelings about whatever it is. But that is a, like a common link with children of survivors is they they were raised unable to have any feelings of their own yeah. other than being fine. Yes. And you're you're sort of like living proof, like meaning you get off the bus, you had a horrible weekend, you want some comfort, and you're getting photo and you're like I'm in trauma. It would be great to have my mommy. You're right. And she and was mommy like, is I'm like here. TMZ. <laughs> Please stop. And I can't make a see I can't have a you know, I'm around my other Please stop. Please, mom, please stop. And when you look back on childhood, is it a lot of situations like that? Not even in like a traumatized and all that stuff, but just like, I don't, my memories of childhood are not especially like comfortable. You know what I mean? You're, They're a little chaotic. Right. I'm, what were yours like if you could generalize like that? You know, I could paint a happy go lucky childhood and I could paint a childhood filled with trauma. I think most people can. I mean, I had a lot of, Things that don't even seem like they could possibly be true <laughs> happened to me. But I also am really lucky in a lot of ways. And, you know, I had parents that were fucked up, but were also human beings and really tried. Yeah. You know, like my dad would go, your mom doesn't lock the door at night. She doesn't love you. If she loved you, she'd lock the door at night. And then I said to mom, mom, you have to lock the front door at night if you don't. I'm going to feel like you don't love me and I'm going to move in with dad and my heart's pounding and I wake up in the morning and I go to the front door and it, it was unlocked. And I just thought, well, she had this opportunity to show me she loved me and she said, fuck you, you know, or she forgot she was flighty. <laughs> right. And you you'll, know? and, and you it still just don't broke know. my heart and, if, and she knew I wasn't going to leave. But so you now, yeah, that's the, that it's, part. It's, that's, yeah, it's painful. But I mean, my mom was like amazing in a million ways yeah. too, whatever, you know, like. All right. What do we do about this stand up at night? This so having a spot. Now I'm going to be really honest because I, I have, this won't help if I'm not honest. Well, first of all, having a set at night ruins my day. I do have a set tonight and I don't feel like my day is ruined, but like all day, it's not that I'm toiling about the set. 
As a matter of fact, if I sat down and spent fucking 10 minutes on it, I'd feel a lot better. And when I do that, it's fruitful and I have a good time. But it isn't just that. Part of it I worry is that I love to take my partner Rory and I have two dogs and we take them for a big, long hike every night around five or six. And usually we have a puff. Sure. I love pot. I love it. But I cannot perform. Even if it's hours before, I'll be tired. I won't be sharp. I can't do it. I won't do it. It takes my two favorite things and makes them my two least favorite things, stand up and weed. But I love having that puff and going for our our long, you know, three-mile walk. And I can't do that when I have a set at night. And that is a terrible reason to not book stand-up at night, especially when I'm like starting over, you know, but I'm like, oh, so many times I get texts about doing a spot and I go, oh, I can't, sorry. And guess what? I can. But I am you, available. But you walk, the, you, but you're- But I'm like, I don't want to have that hanging over my head on Tuesday or, you know what It's I mean? hard. I That's fucked up. Does that mean I'm addicted to weed? I don't know. I, I'm ritualistic. But I do do stand-up a, you know, handful of times a week and- Whatever, it's fine. I, you know, but I, I don't want it to. I look at Jeff Ross. He, he has so much energy. He floats through life with joy and loving a love of experience. He does a thousand things. You know, he wakes up at like three p.m. But <laughs> then he does a million things. You know, he, you know, and he's eating a hoagie and smoking a joint up I until know. they're saying, "Please welcome Jeffrey Ross," and then he murders. Yeah, I always think about Jeff as like that. Looks fun. Yeah. I need to be more organized than that. It's like what you said about taking the 10 minutes. I finally in the last four or five months have started taking the doing homework. Yeah. And And it's it's so. So much better. It's so fruitful. Yeah. So much better because it's if I'm not cool, I'm not like it's not like yeah, like the Twain thing where everyone's fucking and Dave's. The Dave's prize, the Mark Twain prize. Oh, yeah. Wants- Dave, can you believe this? You're getting the freaking Mark Twain prize. And like, I fucking tried. <laughs> I had to, I'm like, I was going over teleprompter and like, I can't be cool. Of course. I cannot be cool. But I think a lot of people tried to like, just see what happens. It's like. Dave, Dave can do that. Do you that. think that people just went up and wung it? I think a few people wunged it. Oh. I truly yeah, no do. No way. Okay. Yeah, no, I, think, I, I pour over that stuff. I think you and I were in the minority on that. It's actually perfect that you're getting the Mark Twain Prize because you both love using the N-word in your masterpieces. <laughs> I do like to really hone something. I'll hone something forever. If I, I mean, that's why, like, once I shoot a special... That material's gone. It's out of my head. I, I don't even remember it. But when people go like, well, you could go back on the road if you supplement your new stuff with some old yeah. stuff. One, I don't remember it. It's out of my head. But two, I won't do it. Not because I'm so like, you know, ethical or like, I don't want to do anything yeah, that yeah. I could have seen. Um, but because I am so frustrated if I figure out. The better way to do it that you've already recorded. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't want to now know the tag to that joke or go. I mean, even there's like a joke towards the end of my special that the next day I figured it out. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, my God. I, I did I, on my last special. There's a thing that I didn't say on ca- 
No, I it was a joke. It was a line I needed to say on camera that I hadn't said. Did you loop it over the audience? A shot of the audience? No, no, no. I did AI of my face saying it. Where at like Howie Mandel's uh, uh I didn't use Howie's there? thing. <laughs> but He's like, got all that I, stuff. We had to like yeah, we had to like spend money and I said it and they recorded my mouth and they supered it over my like I was like because I wanted it on camera. It had to be on camera to me. And it was like, I was thinking like, we don't really need to, I mean, the next thought is like, we don't even really need to do these shows in front of audiences. (laughs) Like there's a way, there's a super long view of it of like, I could just never do it again. I could just record my mouth in a studio saying these things. I have the laughs. I have me walking on stage. I could just endlessly feed that person. And now the new iPhone update, you you can take 15 minutes, record a bunch of phrases, and then say those phrases as yourself. It's crazy. So, so, uh, but I'm with you. I say that all to say I'm with you. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp, as it should be, because all we do on this podcast is talk about therapy and feeling better getting help it only makes sense you know how much i talk about therapy i would quote a certain episode of where we talked about every i think every episode we've talked about therapy uh i believe in it it can help you go and talk you don't have to go actually that's the point uh it's you can do a zoom mostly you can i'm sure there's ones where you can go but you get a kind of referee between you and your inner monologue. Someone comes and helps you sort it out. And you don't have to have been through anything awful or traumatic. Or, you know, you don't have to worry about like, am I messed up enough for therapy? We're all messed up enough for therapy. So my point is, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist at Anytime for no additional charge. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp, B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash N-E-A-L today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash N-E-A-L. Someone DM me last night to show that they had finally gone to BetterHelp and were filling out the form. So BetterHelp dot com. It's gonna help you feel better. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Look, you know I love it. Let's go to Game Time, see who's coming. A band called Baby Metal. It's two, looks like Korean or Japanese women. Baby Metal... Not a bad name for a band. Horrible product. I will say, horrible product. Nickel Creek. Nickel Creek's part of the, um, I guess, Mumford & Sonsy. I, As a person with black friends, I could never really get into Mumford & Son because if somebody's playing mandolin or it just feels, it feels racist, even though it's not necessarily, but it just feels like, it feels like uh, the 1800s. Run the Jewels. It's supposed to have either one of those guys on the on the pod bandalos chinos or bandalos chinos sound like pants 
GameTime is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind for your purchase. See the view from receipt before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All-in prices show your total up front so you know what you're getting. A great deal without hidden fees. Buy tickets in seconds with two taps. They're obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets. GameTime has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts. This app loves procrastination. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code BLOCKS for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code BLOCKS for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. Okay, this is a good one. Taking on other people's anger, like if they yell at me for driving shitty from their car, etc. Me, okay, so does it hurt your feelings or you immediately become uh, It's catchy. It's just, you know, I mean, I don't yeah. this is obviously not unique at all. Energy is catchy. It's yeah. just like, and and the second you like accidentally caught someone off and they go, what the fucking fuck is wrong with you? And then they go by and all of a sudden I'm like, I'm filled with their rage. Mm-hmm. And then I know the next person's going to get it from me. And I understand energy, but you know, lately I've been able to go, okay, don't take it on. Don't take it on. Don't take it on. What should help is I just go, okay, this is energy. It's, it's transmittable. It's, um, it's, I can, I can change it. I can't, energy can be, can't be created or destroyed, but it can be, it can change into happiness or joy. You know, let's just, you know, I try to think it through until I'm okay. Or like, if I can get them face to face when they yell at me, I go like this. I'm so sorry. Oh my gosh. And then they go. Yeah. You know, like it is so great because that cools them down immediately. Yeah. They feel because what they're feeling is they they almost got hurt, you know, yeah. or they they, and then that turns into rage because getting scared turns into anger a lot because yeah. nobody wants no adult wants to stay in fear. They want it turns into yeah. outward rage, and then it just passes on and on and on. Yeah. Or sometimes if someone is like, fuck you, or honks at me really hard, and they're, they're dicks, I look up, and I pretend to recognize them, and I go, oh my god, hi, hi, and then they want to die, because they're like, oh no, that's someone I know. That's so great. Yeah, it's really Do they ever go, wait, I don't know Sarah Silverman. Somebody we both know, <laughs> an executive, mm. very nice. One time I was pulling out, and I, you know when you're pulling through an alley to get onto a street, and- for a moment, while you're waiting to get into the street, you're kind of on the sidewalk. Yeah. And it was in Beverly Hills. And I was driving my shitty, I had like a shitty car for 12 years at like a, uh, I don't know what it was, Toyota Corolla or something. But it was something else. I can't remember what it was. But, you know, it was like an old crappy car. You yeah. I saw someone coming. It was Christmas. He had like a bunch of like bags. And I almost rolled down my window and I had tinted windows because I have melasma. And I'm famous. And... I almost rolled down my window to say hi, but it was too soon, too quick. Like, it all happened so fast, I just said, uh. But because he had to walk around my car, and I had a shitty car, he pounded the back of my, he punched the back of my car. And I immediately rolled down my window, and I said, hi, uh, his name, hi, the, you know, whatever. And he turns around like nothing happened. Hi, oh my gosh, how are you? <laughs> like, and we're both talking like, 
you're going to really act like you didn't just punch my car because yeah. you walk around. He didn't there. even pretend it was a bit. He just. He didn't even pretend it was a bit, which he could have done. He absolutely could have done. Except that he kept walking and then I had to call him to come back. But anyway. He could have sell, he was selling the bit. But, you know. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good uh, pretending you know people's good. Yeah. When oh my you, gosh, the hi. thing that The thing you just said that's interesting to me is I understand energy. Yeah. How do you understand energy? Because I don't. I'm not sure. I do. I do, but I'm not sure. You're you're intimate with someone who's in a shitty mood, and they go, "Yeah, thanks." You know, whatever to you. Right. Any any kind of little yeah. thing that triggers something in you. I think it's human nature that when we're made to feel emotional pain, our instinct is to make someone else feel that pain. Yeah. Immediately, whoever's in front of us. Yeah. That's misplaced anger or. Suddenly go, I don't fucking care. You know, all of a sudden you you need to not care. You know, why is it cool to not care? You know, but that, that's your survival skill or your, you know, but all it is is energy. It's, it's negative energy and it's so catchy if it's just aimed your way at all. And then you give it to someone else. It, it spreads, you know. Positive energy also does, but it's it's all the same. It's just matter. It's just energy. It's 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 it doesn't seem tangible, but it is because it it's like a it's like a demon that someone has, and then they go in you, and they go in you, and you, and, and inflicting it on someone else. The, the knee jerk feeling your brain thinks it's going to make you feel better, but mm-hmm. it doesn't. I you know what I realized recently is that it's the I've heard it forever forever and then i finally was like oh if i'm bitter or mad or angry or whatever i'm basically cooking this thing up in me and it's i it's gonna corrode the container buddy like i'm corroding it's a caustic it's like put on your your mask and like i'm making garbage i mean you feel in myself all the time all the time and i physically i I had an MDMA experience where I was like, I feel so good and I feel so loving and forgiving and easy. Why can't I feel that normally? It's like, because you don't have a lot of those chemicals normally. Well, okay. Uh, Here's another interesting thing. So are you on a serotonin reuptake inhibitor? I'm not, but I have been a lot. I've been on Zoloft since 94 and I'm lucky it's just- I started in 98, stop, whatever, but yes. Serotonin is the thing in your brain that- that is cope it 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 makes you cope it helps you cope it's it's feels good it's it's you can cope with stuff and a serotonin reuptake inhibitor bridges sometimes there the it needs to be reinforced it, it just leaves it out longer basically it released the brain releases it and then collects it and my understanding of ssris is the brain releases it serotonin and then the pill zola leaves it out a little longer so that it's always simmering there yeah but what we don't, what I, I, I was amazed to learn is when you have stomach issues, the serotonin in your brain gets sent to your stomach to rebuild your stomach. It's, it's what is sent to repair your gut. No so idea. a lot of times when people have stomach issues, they suffer from depression. Even better. Boom. That's really interesting. Double winner. But you could take something like serotonin reuptake inhibitor if you have stomach problems might be something that helps. I mean, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> I I can tell you it did help. It that now like looking back I'm like, yeah, that that definitely helped. Yeah. I had less. And sometimes your stomach issues are brain issues. 
because Correct. you're you know people go oh mind body connection like it's something woo woo your brain is everything laughing at mind body connection would be like is your keyboard connected to your screen it's all the same machine yeah when people think oh mind body connection i go how do you explain nervous diarrhea and you know the answer is jewish <laughs> you're Judaism. not jewish judy i know but and you're I'm, jewish. And I, i'm jewish that's right um Here's a block for you. Fear of not for work travel. Help me with this. I don't I like it. I, I, I like it as a do you so don't you don't have a solution. Do you like beaches? You know, when I've been on a beach, I've loved it. You like like new cities? I, I think I would. I think I'd love it. I mean I tour, you know, but but, but, but I, there's but a way to standard. tour. You, like for instance, what I do, I'll go to Singapore, I'll go to Tokyo, Amsterdam. And you could do stand up there in England? Yeah. But so, but you go there, you go there, you just go, I'm going to Japan. I'm going to Tokyo. I, I'm not literally, but I have twice. Tokyo, there's a little 80 seater. You sell tickets. I did it, Aziz did it, but it's like a little bar. It's so goddamn cute. Right. So it's not like it brings you there, money wise, no. but you can do That's why whenever I go somewhere, I go, oh, I wonder if they have stand up there. You know, like I just, it's a nice thing to do. It's as much as it like ruins your day. It also gives you an identity. It gives you velocity. It gives you a thing to look forward to. And it's something you're good at. And it's like a nice thing. If I go to Tokyo on a Tuesday and I'm doing a show on a Friday or Saturday, I can enjoy the whole week. Yeah. I know I'm going to make a little money, get my, my, get my little beak wet. A little bit with money. Do you feel lazy when you go on vacation? Do you not especially enjoy it? I don't go on vacation. I went last Christmas. Rory and I got a house in Big Bear and we're just like lazy for 10 days with our dogs and it was awesome. I hadn't gone on a vacation probably in 15 years. Are you like worried you're <laughs> going to miss out or something? No, I have the opposite of FOMO. I'm always like measuring how far I am from my bed. <laughs> but then... You know, the last tour I went on was like three months, and I, I really loved it. I almost, I kind of miss it. Both Chris Rock and Chelsea Handler were like, "You're gonna love going on tour." My last tour was the most fun I ever had, and in the back of my mind, I was like, "Okay, but you, you fly on private jets." Yeah. <laughs> but it really was. It you know, even at the Southwest Gate, Dale, it was or whatever. Yeah. It's it was. I think I had a good attitude. I reset my attitude lately. And I've had more fun, but but the idea of going on a vacation, I just don't even know how to go about it. What if something comes up during that time that I'd rather do? What if I get, you know, what if, I, now look at me with what ifs. I'm usually good with what Yeah, ifs. like what do you think is going to happen? I know what you mean. Well, it's like a phantom of like, I shouldn't. I shouldn't. It just feels like gluttonous or something or slothful or whatever. But you're telling me you don't have, but you have some What's version of it. I'm not fear of gluttonous because I, I love doing nothing. And like, no, that's not true. I'll go tomorrow. I have nothing. I'm staying in bed all day. But then around one, I feel like a piece of shit for the rest of the day. <laughs> and Jeff Ross gives it another two hours. Yeah. And then you it feels up. great. Yep. The and, morning. Yep. But he's up until, you know, 4 a.m. or something. So you do, you do feel guilty about too much relaxation. I think so just because I grew up where, like, I lived with my mom. But if my dad called, if the phone rang, I would... Panic attack, turn off the TV so he didn't think I was just watching TV. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
and always want him to think I was busy doing something proactive, you know? So funny. It's, again, probably happened. You may not even remember it. You got shamed or something for being lazy. Well, my mom was in bed for a lot of years. Oh, all right. Well, that feels and, like And my opposite. dad obviously, like, judged her for that because it was before people knew, like, what depression was, <laughs> clinical <laughs> depression was. So, so, yeah, so now you don't want to – I think your fear of your dad calling proverbially, I, whatever that is, though. But it's like if you can leave vacation, you just go, okay, I'm leaving. It's like you ever go on a vacation with, like, a guy and you're like, well, if it doesn't work – I'll just fucking leave. I also have a terror of, of, and I'm in the best relationship I've ever, healthiest certainly relationship I've ever been in, in the best. And, but I still have a fear of, it's not just a fear of travel, it's a fear of like traveling with my partner. Because what if we get in a fight and we're in a foreign land? <laughs> like, I don't know. Or yeah. What do we, you know, like, but also like, so what? When we fight at home, we work it out. We yeah, fight. you gotta resolve it. Yeah. I, I think I have a fear of, of it's not, I'm pretty good at compromising, but I think because I compromised for so many years in the, you know, easily the first half of my adult life of being in relationships and stuff made myself so small in yeah. order to be loved, which was also a piece in my family too, I think, that now I... I had like a baby temper tantrum. It was really funny with Rory. And I don't know what we were arguing about. And I literally, and usually I'm like, well, let's talk about it or whatever. And I started punching stuff and it felt really good. I, I, I cut my hand even. I go, I, I fucking, I just want to fucking do anything I want. I want to do anything I want all the time. And he was like, okay you know like i i really fucking flipped out but i have to say it felt so good and i cut my hand and yeah. even that felt good and he was i don't think he was scared of me but he, i think he was just like yes and <laughs> you know like whatever and of course i like calmed down and we laughed about it but it felt really good i don't know if that was a healthy well thing all right to do. well i want to go back a little bit because you talked about making I, I don't know if you talked about this publicly or I heard you say it or we talked about it, but I, I think the tendency, one of the people in the relationship generally goes small, right? Yeah. I, I just think that's, I think I'd probably say more of the time it's women, but I know 100%. I've gone small plenty. Yeah. So I, who knows who, who goes small? What do you think of it looking back and do you wish, and if you had gone big, it, are you of the mind that if you had gone big, the relationship would have been over in three weeks? Yeah, and also it's like by going big, I mean asking for what you want when yeah, you want it, like it the going, same way they're doing. I don't think anyone should go small. I don't know that anyone needs to go big, but live your life to the fullest. Find your joy and go towards it. And sometimes that is not okay with the partner you're with. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you pick partners that aren't okay with it subconsciously because this is what you had to do in your family or this was is some kind of dynamic that's familiar. And if you, especially with our parents and people that age and older, you watch them go towards things that are not what they want, but is what is their comfort zone. Like my stepmother was in a tizzy at all times, worried sick about someone in our family or something at all times. 
And it was a lot of it. It was nonsense. She didn't need to. She yeah. didn't need to. Oh, what if? What if Samir doesn't get into Bubba Bar? What if you know, like one of her grandkids? You're, she's what ifing for someone else. Yeah. And it's totally unnecessary. I go, Janice, you're worried because that's what's familiar to you, so it's comfortable. But you don't want to be in worry, and you don't need to. Whatever's going to happen is going to happen, whether you worry or not. Worry when it's time to worry. You know? Yeah. And she, she didn't intellectually understand it, but all of us definitely are drawn to what's familiar over what is what we want. Yeah. Did you get better at asking for what you want or did you meet, did you start going, I'm not asked for what I want. And I don't then, need to ask for what I want even. It's, it's not even like I want something from them other than. Support. Support. Yeah. Emotional support. Yeah. Or like a lot, yeah, not like I need you to middle I don't need middle money. Yeah. I don't need anything from you but love. Yeah. But I also understand that a lot of us in this business are also narcissists, children of narcissists. And, and we know we're children of narcissists, but we don't necessarily know that we're narcissists. So when you I go, can you're... you just support me in what I do? And if that takes up all the time, all the space and air in the relationship, that's a problem. Like I was did with you someone where I took did- no opportunities because I was afraid he would say, don't do it. And so I had to not do it or he I would was, explicitly say not do it or he would sort he would of make it clear what that he would rather I did not do it. Was it because we're supposed to, that's a big week for me or just like, I don't think that's, would it be a the reason fake was reason never for the you? real reason. Give me the fake reasons that he or that wasn't say they would give He you. just wants to fuck you. You know, it's like, no, it's a TV show I'm being asked to go on, you know? like it, it and, yeah. and also, that's not my problem. Yeah. Yeah, Turn and also, an I'm not going to fuck him just because he wants to. Yeah, oh, well, also, if he like, wants to, then I have to. I've also found that jealous um, people cheat. <laughs> because it would never occur to me to cheat. Yeah. In a million years, when I'm with someone... I have blinders on. I am only, I mean, look, I, I, I don't, I don't even pull out my sexuality <laughs> unless it's with you. I mean, not that, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm free or whatever, but like, I don't see men in a sexual way at all if I am with someone. You've been a professionally asexual since 89. <laughs> and I'm, I'm sexual and I love love. Right. Backpacked up. It's kind of a, even the backpack was a little saggy. <laughs> well, in the early days, yeah, I was we, we I was fucking to. everybody, and my backpack right. had noxema in it, so I could wash my face wherever I landed. I so love it. I wouldn't say that the backpack <laughs> is always that, but now in my adult life, like yeah, no, I never, and I didn't cheat on people then. I would always say like, hey, I'm I am with you know when I'm with you, I'm with you, and when I'm not with you, don't worry about it. That was always what I said back then. I love. I it. had so much prowess and I had so much power because I was young and hot. Right. And that changes over time. Now I'm 52 and a half and I have other powers and I have to lean towards those. You know, I've got other things. But boy, when you, you know, you watch when women suddenly don't have that sex power, the young youth sex power, it can make them crazy. It literally makes them. It's when you're, it's, it's the comedy version of uh, when your closer doesn't close. When you think you're like, here's my closer, and then you do your closer and it doesn't work, you're like, oh fuck. I don't I literally don't know how to get out. I huh? 
And I we're not naming any specific people who were hot and then it faded and they were lost. But like these cultures full of them. Oh my god. They, they don't I mean, know what their identity Instagram is. Instagram babies are you know, they're gonna hit a point. Right. And they're they, gonna but they're and the women that are 40 are fucking filling their face full of shit and their boobs and they're dead. And it's like it's And then they not look 20 the, again. Kind of. No, they don't. <laughs> they look yeah. insane. They yeah. look older. Yeah. I think. I mean they I, look plastic surgery years old. Is how is how old yeah. I mean, like it's wild. Yeah. But I mean, listen, I understand. After a time, like I've been go doing this in the mirror where I'm like, at some point I'm gonna reupholster, maybe. I, I have no judgment of that. It's but funny, I but think fillers the, and the, shit make you look crazy. The older you get, you're like, Well, no, I'm not gonna do anything. And then you go, All right, maybe shots. And then you're like, <laughs> All right, no more than three days recovery time. One incision, three days, no one it's in care. Okay, so, and how, what do you think of those relationships where you were going small, and are you mad at the person, or do you get, how quickly can you get to Sarah, you volunteer? You can't blame the person, because they're not consciously doing it. Right. I think if I approached any of those people, they would go, what? You know, because they were just surviving. Right. That was their survival. Make her feel smaller, make her feel like, She's doing something shitty if she takes this gig or or goes on this show. And then I take the path of least resistance. Now I'm so triggered by it that I'll do it and Rory will go, you're reacting to something I'm not putting out. Mm-hmm. And it's true. That's a lot of life is that. Huh? A lot of life is that. Of course. Yeah. It's like you don't want to go on vacation because your dad's going to, you know what I mean? Like, oh my God. Your dad's dead. Oh my God. Every vacation with my family was... Awful. There you go. I mean, it's so simple. Why didn't I realize <laughs> no, that? No, it's you always the most it. obvious thing. It's always the Occam's razor of like, well, I couldn't. It's David Tell's joke. I'm afraid to travel. Maybe it's because when I was younger, my father beat me with a globe. <laughs> yes. It's one of the best stand-up jokes God. ever written. And it explains most psychology. Yes, it does. It's really true. Every Every family vacation was my parents or my dad and my stepmother getting divorced. They hate each other. I mean, even when I was little, I remember being on my friend Julie Blinkensop's driveway in kindergarten, and she was talking about, when I get married, I'm going to have this and this, and when I get married, and I remember saying, oh, why would you want to get married? Like, why would you want to hate somebody that I thought getting married was you two people fucking hate each other's guts, because when I was little, my parents were married. I don't remember a smile between them. I don't remember them ever not being completely opposed to each other. Do you remember the Mr. Show sketch? You might have been in it where two guys are going to fight. They're like, I'll fuck you up right now. What the fuck is your problem? Watch where you're going, asshole. Hey, just don't touch me. And the other, and Cross goes, Hey, I'm in it for the long haul. I'll marry you, stupid ass. And then they get married and they're just fucking scowling at each other. Dave and Bob. It's so fun. I don't even remember K- that. K- uh, Karen Kilgariff, they kept cutting her going, fucking guys. Like, just like, this is what guys do, and then they die together. <laughs> You're a chicken shit. You're a pussy. They're like on their death. It's so goddamn that's funny. But so that's brilliant. what marriage was. Yeah. Uh, like, until pretty recently, and still probably is like a lot of the time. 
I think you should leave with Tim Robinson. Mm-hmm. I'm late to the game. Have you watched it? Yeah, I watched it. I think all of it. It's hard for me. I mean, I, I I'm just starting to like watch comedy. Yeah. Because it it doesn't Pretty funny. um render me riddled yeah. with um frustration uh-huh. anymore. It's so brilliant, but like he's basically talk he's tackling toxic masculinity almost in every sketch. It's it's fascinating i would argue it's mostly self-inflicted yes it's the it's toxic masculinity but it's never like sexism or ra- it's just no, like no no oh no, no. fucking what it's all just like i'm so i don't know how to deal with my own rage it has and nothing I'm, to do with women or, yeah, yeah you know, and i'm no. like and it's about traffic and like well what where's my water well where is it like this how about he has, job, uh, he has a lovely job interview with a man and he goes to leave and he pulls a door where you push and he go and the boss goes, um, Oh, looks like you push. He's so embarrassed <laughs> by that mistake that he goes, it actually goes both ways. <laughs> and he like rips the door off. But yeah. Bye. You know, he would rather, you know, rip Hurt his himself. arm and break the door, then have someone see him pull up. The door. small he would rather destroy himself than admit to the smallest vulnerability. Oh my God! It's so it's so goddamn and funny. brilliant. And the, yeah. the sketch with Bob Odenkirk is is funny and like leaves you with a lump in your throat. It's so fucking beautiful. Tim Robinson's at a diner with his daughter, and he's sitting next to them. And and Tim Robinson is is telling a little fib to his daughter because he doesn't. I can't remember what it is. You know, like oh they don't have ice cream on the ice cream store is closed today and then bob comes over and he's i own every kind of a classic car because i'm rich right he's bragging about stuff a little girl wouldn't care about but that to him yeah you know what i mean it's it's so it's <clears throat> so fragile and so beautiful i'm rich and i have triples of the barracuda and the roadrunner yeah you're it's absolutely about like tim Tim, the synopsis should be Tim Robinson destroys himself. Yeah. Oh. I think you should leave Tim Robinson, episode four, Tim Robinson destroys himself in, internally. Yeah, it's all, it, it, it's just, it's it's an unbelievable uh, portrait of the human condition. Totally agree. sketches I've ever seen. And, okay, so you don't get, you're not mad at your old relationships. You don't, like, hold them responsible. In the sometimes, slightest. sometimes I'll, sure. I'll start thinking sure. it through and I'll go, I could have, I, he... You know, but um, we're all out here just trying to survive and mm-hmm. have good relationships, and 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 I'm I'm sure things I've said to men have spiraled them out into oblivion yeah. too. You yeah, know? you know, it's like we're just someone we're just wrote earthlings. A version of like it's a human being's job to constantly underestimate the impact we have on other human beings. We're just constantly hurting each other and being hurt. And we're just like, yeah, I got to go on. I have to be somewhere. I have to be somewhere and just hurt other people and right. they're going to hurt well, me. Well, also because I think, and, and this was a lesson, a, a conscious lesson for me, but like it did never occurred to me that I could hurt a man. I, I just, I, I didn't know I had the power to hurt. When did it dawn? When did it? When I mean, not like what was the event, but when did it? What age? What was the scenario roughly? Where you were like, "Oh, I I heard him, and I'm I'm an asshole in this situation." Yeah, I don't know the moment. I don't know the moment, but 
there was a moment where I was like, and, and I think that's what it is with everyone where you go that, that hurts people's feelings or, or go, you know, doesn't respond to someone's text or yeah. whatever. They, they don't care. They're not going to miss me if I don't show up. I mean, how many like gatherings or, you know, kids birth, you know, whatever, um, parties or whatever yeah. do I say I'll show up to and then I don't show up? Almost all of them. <laughs> and I go, they're not going to notice. They don't know. They See, notice that, eventually, I, I think. I mean, again, that's example. a that's a that's party. Not, but I, but yeah. you're where you were like, oh, I'm legitimately hurting people as much as they're hurting me. It is a version yes. of Tim of a sketch where it's like Tim doesn't want to admit that he's hurt. So he won't. So it's just covering up. I and mean, there's a, a sketch where he's choking to death <laughs> and he will not acknowledge it yeah. because he's embarrassed in front of this like influencer who's at the dinner that he knows. What the hell is that going on out there? He's like, no, I'm not. And his friend is like, you're dying. He's like, what? <laughs> and then he like pills up his water and he goes, Ugh. and then the friend goes, it doesn't, the water doesn't smell. You're dying. You know, like it's just like he's trying to do like normal everyday things. We, we don't want to admit that we're hurting people. Yeah, we affect people the way people affect us. And so there is so, you know, there should be some feeling of responsibility, but you, we would have to think something of ourselves to think that we could affect anyone or, you know, or hurt someone or. Or we don't want to admit how, you know, that word can be bad. Yeah. Like right. it's somebody was, I was talking to somebody the other day and she was like, the, one of the biggest human needs is the need to think you're a good person. That's right. I mean, even like you hear actors who play villains and they, they will always like defend their character because you yeah. have to believe yeah. that they're somewhere in there. They're good. Yep. That's great. When you can get there. Right. But, you know, like uh, yoga or anything, yeah. it's a practice. You know, it's all a practice. No one's good at it. You know, it's just like if you can go, oop, I'm telling myself horror stories. When like, One time, this was a great moment. I was lying in bed with Rory. He was like tickling my back. I was in his arms. We were watching Law and Order. It was my perfect happiness. Yeah. Little and I stone, had a you take a puff. Full, you take a puff. Probably took a puff. Yes, sure. that's my glass of wine. What sure. have you? And I am in a full panic about uh, what I was planning for my podcast the next day. I did a good thing. I went. Hold on a second. Am I okay in this moment? This is a great thing to do. Hold on a second. Wait. Am I okay in this moment? Yeah. This is literally the. My number one favorite thing to do, just be snuggling and watching TV, had a puff. Why am I ruining this moment with fears of what might happen tomorrow? I'm prepared. I'll get up early and prepare more. Just be in this moment and enjoy it. Like we ruin our good times all the time. And there is no future and there is no past. This is, you know, obviously woo-woo to say, but it's true. I've heard this my whole life. I started believing it three weeks ago. Yeah. There is only this moment. And I believe it. It doesn't mean I can practice it all the time, but I but I know it's right. It's yeah. the first time I've gone like, no, that's objectively right. The thing my MDMA thing where I was like, well, because I have a I have a restaurant in my brain that's just serving me mercury sandwiches. I can choose to eat them or go, I'm not gonna eat from this kitchen anymore. All you're giving me is is cortisol and adrenaline, and that I, that's not even my beliefs. What I call my personality 
is just a result of the chemicals on hand based on some shit probably in utero. So I'm like, I'm not even believing because my MDMA experience was like Saturday, I'm furious at five people, Sunday, easily forgiven. So what are my core beliefs? I don't have any core beliefs other than what are the chemicals telling me yeah. I am and believe. And it's like, if I, so I exist before, now I'm trying to exist before the chemicals. The fury has nothing to do with those people. Of course. And like when you can get to a point, and sometimes I do, where someone does something shitty and my knee-jerk reaction is heartbreak for them. Mm -hmm. I'm in a good place. Yeah. And and I've also- Everyone's just doing the best they can. Yeah. And they actually aren't thinking about you as much as you think that, you know, it's like I had to tell like my my friends that are, you know, comics or known in some way who will go, oh, God, did you see that? You know, oh, they, they, or they assume I've read something about yeah. them or something. And I go, I'm going to give you great news. No one's Googling you. And definitely no one's putting it in order of date. Only you're doing <laughs> that. No one's seeing this shit. Yeah. It seems so big Yep. on Twitter or whatever. It's, it's not, nothing. I was listening to your interview with Judd Apatow, which was yeah. awesome. He was and, great. Everybody's been great. But the, uh, you know how when you're listening, you know exactly where I was. I was like at a light about to take a left on yep. Robertson. Anyway, that's not important. And he, he was talking about David Milch. Yep. And how he said, don't think about writing when you're not writing. Yep. Live your life. Be yeah. out living your life. The worst you could do is be thinking about writing when you're not writing. And Judd doesn't even necessarily agree with it. And obviously as comics, we have to kind of keep that radar open. And if you think of something, you want to be able to write it down. Or, But that's a be in the moment thing. Because yeah. what I think he's talking about is don't toil about the fact that you have to write. Or that you, you've got your set time that you write. And don't think about it other than that. You know, it's it's like um, if you think about working out, you're never going to work out. Never, ever, ever. That's funny. If you mindlessly put on your sneakers and go for a run or whatever, that's what you do. Yeah, if you think about like, I'm going to be out of breath and sweaty. It's like, you're never yeah, going to go. Actually, if I don't, then I, you know, and then you let yourself not. And then yeah. you're so excited. You get that dopamine rush of like, I'm free, snow day. But you know you're going to be in a good mood if you do it. Yep. Yeah. You know, like do your ten minutes of stand-up homework. Yeah. Right. All right. Here's another one. I'll schedule it. I'll put an alarm and then I do it if I make a schedule. Yep. To get your new wireless plan for just fifteen bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mint.com. From the gas pump to the grocery store, your utility bills and favorite streaming services, inflation is everywhere. Seriously, make it stop. Thankfully, there's one company out there that's giving you a much-needed break. It's Mint Mobile. As the first company to sell premium wireless service online only, Mint Mobile lets you order from home and save a ton with phone plans starting at just $15 a month. Ryan Reynolds, you've done it again. I thought the movies was enough. It You were just getting started, buddy. For people looking for extra savings this year, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for just 15 bucks a month. By going online only and eliminating the traditional cost of retail, Mint Mobile passes significant savings on to you. All plans come with unlimited talk and text and high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with all of your existing contacts, even the bums. 
Switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month. MintMobile.com slash N-E-A-L. That's MintMobile.com slash N-E-A-L. Uh, cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at MintMobile.com slash Neil. With, that, with the strikes, the, the, the actors are striking, the writers, just we just finished striking. Who am I without these things? So that's a meaning you're getting, you think, too much identity maybe from your jobs. Totally. Yeah. Total. Complete, probably, identity. I mean, did you get this feeling? Like, that during the strike, the writer strike and the SAG strike, there was a time where I think Rory and I both bonded over this. We are just like, who am I without these things? You, I, know? you know what? Rory I would, would defend- be like, maybe I should do construction. I, you know, or like, he loves building things. Yeah. He can do, like, anything around the house, and he builds... He builds stuff, you know, yeah. it's like, I'd love to do this. I should maybe, you know, we, all of us kind of started thinking like, well, who am I, who am I without this? It was like COVID again, kind of, <laughs> where it was like, oh, a little, a little COVID, like a little doing standup, I feel like is like gets you out of it. But the identity thing, the thing I always think about is, and it's the same for both of us, like I got in, you moved to New York when you're 18, you're basically in comedy. I, cause I was thinking about like, why did I think that we were all going to be friends? And cause I went from high school yeah. to comedy. Well, we are all friends. I know. But like, I thought we were, I want to be like bunk mate. I mean, like I want like right. fucking, well, we're all in this together, 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 together. Because all our friends got married and had kids. And then we're like, well, I can't call them to yeah. go to the diner at midnight. You yeah. Know? <laughs> like I, I guess I'll make younger friends. And then I'm like all these younger <laughs> friends and then I feel fucking old, you know? Yeah. But, um. And you're telling stories about people that have been dead a long time. Yeah. Or you make <laughs> references that are not that, don't, that, that feel like not. Yeah. And they're and like, what? They don't know what you're, yeah, yeah. It's wild. I think that that's like a real thing, but I think most people, we do, people do their jobs at least a third of the day. That's, you know what I mean? Like most people do their jobs third of the day, if not more. That's going to, you're going to, if you go to the beach eight hours a day, you're going to fucking, you know, be cool and have zinc on your. Yeah. What was that point? You're going to, meaning if you do something for eight hours, you're going to take it on. You're going to go to the beach eight hours a day. You're going to be tan. If you like, we do comp with like, I'm not, I wouldn't judge you or Rory for investing a lot in our jobs in terms of identity. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but also I feel like I'm a comic, like it's a born this way thing, like being gay or being mm-hmm. queer. You know what I mean? Like I just, that's always, I mean, I've never, since I knew what comedy was, that was, mm-hmm. that was what I was working towards. Yeah. And so I once asked Fortune Feimster, would she identify as a comic or a lesbian first? She said comic. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like, that's a good Certainly barometer. Todd Glass. Yeah. Yeah, that's so funny. much so he was afraid to come out. He didn't want to be identified as anything yeah. other than just a comic. He yeah. wanted to be a gay comic, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But so I'm not, I'm not, I'm not mad at that. Like I don't, and I kind of don't see a downside. Really? I know. I love being a comic to my core. But yeah, but what's, what's the down, what are you worried is the downside? Well, you're right. In terms of a stand up, it's so in our control. Obviously, we're going to get, sometimes we're in a point where we get paid, sometimes in a point where we no longer get paid. Mm-hmm. That's going to happen, you know, but we can always do it. It's something mm-hmm. that we have. And 
and it's a fraternity that's I love. We're we're I always think we're like the island of misfit toys, and I love yeah. it. I love that there's no. Um, I love how diverse you know. It's like even before diversity was like yeah. like comics yeah. are everything. They're white. They're black. They're Indian. They're they're Nigerian. They're uh, disabled. They're uh, that's it. That's the list. And Asian, and that's it. No, and uh, they're old. They're young. You know, I have comedy yeah. friends that are nineteen. I have comedy friends that are ninety eight. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. like that uh, high Q game we used to get on. Uh, <laughs> Correct, eight to eighty. <laughs> Um, yeah, I totally agree. And so you can't act. <laughs> I mean, you know I mean, what I mean? Yeah, like, sure. Okay. I, I do like, I know. I'm act, not saying you don't like it. it. I'm just saying like not being able to do comedy would kill me. And yeah. that's why it's so funny that having a set at night ruins my day. <laughs> I know that's life's wild. I mean, that's like ridiculous. That. That's something I have to figure out. All right. Here's a good one. Trying to embrace failure, but fearing it. Yeah, because right now we understand failure, what you do with failure defines you and and often is the impetus to your success. Mm -hmm. But fuck, it's also uh, scary, you know, and yeah. And it hurts. Yeah. It's like a eight month. It's, it hurts our ego. I mean, it just does. Yeah, it hurts our ego. It hurts. It's like, I spent all this time. I. Energy, I thought it was going to do a thing. It didn't do that at all. And I wasted a year of my life or whatever, a day or whatever. I, I think it's okay that it hurts. I don't like the putting ego on it makes it seem like because you're a fucking ego. And it's like, no, it fucking hurts. It hurts getting you go meet a girl for a date and she doesn't want to. It's your ego, yeah, but it's still no, like. it is ego. Yeah. But, it, but ego isn't all bad. We need our ego. Yeah. I mean, I can get into like my chemical thing. Where like that is just that that is like the chemicals introduce ego. If you don't feel if you can just like be, then there's no ego. It's just very hard to know what to do. Like, do I eat? Do I walk? Do I do do I just be? Or I just think the ego, I'm with you, that ego is not purely uh shitty and and selfish. I mean, like the answer is never outside of ourselves. It's in, you know, right? It's always inside. It's always simple. Aren't you proud of your, the things you made though? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm proud yeah. of the things I've made. Yeah. And do you, Some are you, of them. Some of them. No, I know. Are don't you, age well. I mean, comedy doesn't age Are well. you proud of them in order of popular, current popularity? No. Yeah. There's stuff I made that nobody liked that I love. Yeah. And it didn't, it did not connect yeah. <laughs> the masses. Yeah. So it's just, and is that ego or is that just like, I don't know. I had an idea. I executed it and I, I hope people, it was like a little project. It was like Rory building a bench. You know, it's, I don't know which part of this is ego because it's, it's like I made a video and I was like, this is so fucking weird and excellent. And I still love it, but it didn't. Didn't go viral for you? Uh, no, not even close. And it, it, you know, and uh, but I still, it didn't change how I my opinion yeah. on it. <laughs> you know? Well, it's also there's a thing of uh, similar to like you got to keep the thing open. It's like the same part of you that makes that up makes the Sarah Silverman program or the Jesus or like the stuff that is super popular. 
So, all right. So that time was just like, that one was a dud. Doesn't mean like burn the factory down. Just yeah. means like that was just a bad, that I, the recipe was a little off. It's a, the kitchen's fantastic, but like that in that particular one, it was like, eh, it was, I don't know. Like, it's yeah. not so bad, but I think it's when it's a failure. The, it's the failures when you didn't listen to yourself and all that stuff that you're like. Well, yeah, I mean, there's nothing worse than failing after adhering to a bunch of notes you didn't necessarily agree with. And then it, you know, and then it, and then it bombs or it, or they don't, or they don't pick it up or whatever. It's like, you want to like, you want to fail on something you believe in. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to fail on something you believe in, but. But you'd rather. Be, I think so. And have you gotten better with that? Accepting yeah. the failures? There's always a moment. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if it's healthy or not, but like everything I make, I'm like, I'm putting gold in their lap right now. I mean, here I go and, again. And, it, and I am shocked when it doesn't get picked up. I I, I can't believe the mistake yeah. they're making. Like you know, like mm -hmm. and and then a month later, I'm like, oh that yeah, no, I'm not. I'm on to the next thing. I yeah, I could talk about that endlessly because and because we mostly fail. Yeah. So it's like, and then the, the successes just keep you on the hook for like three more failures. Yeah. Stand up is just failing and then weeding out the stuff that yeah. didn't fail and building on that or figuring out why this failed and, and figuring out, how to, you know, or like jokes that you love that fucking bomb every time. And you're like, I'm still going to try it. And like, you yeah. eventually you have to give up if you don't figure it out. But it's just like, why do I love this? And nobody likes it. What am I missing? Am I not completing enough of the circle for them to see the circle? Like, you know what I mean? No, I don't know. And that's why it's impossible. Yeah. That's why they give you a billion and dollars. And how audiences are like mobs. Like, it's so funny how an audience will, they'll either all laugh at something yep. or no one laughs. And it's just like, how did you guys all get together and figure out what to laugh at? But it's, there's, it's. There's some chemical scientific reason that a group of people who are strangers to each other react in all, as one. I always feel, I, and I don't even know if I'm right, if there's an influencer, the same way there's influencers online, is there an influencer in the crowd? And I'm, they, don't, they might not even be aware of it, but like, and the audience may not be aware of it consciously, but there's one kind of alpha Alpha audience member who's kind of signaling to everyone else. I it's it would well, be impossible to measure. I'll tell you what your brother told me. I love in, it already. Uh, 1990s when I started there, and um, him and and really the whole brain trust of all male comics informed me that you can't talk about stuff about a woman's life unless it's also relatable to a man. You have to focus solely on making the men in the audience laugh because they're on dates and the women will only laugh if their date is laughing. It was scientific. Where are we on that? <laughs> uh, it, it has proven in through time to not actually be true. And I feel like you, the audiences have changed so much. So it's like, well, because the whole world has changed. Yeah. And so I don't even, I'm, I bet 20% of your audience is on dates. Yeah. Or tops. Yeah. But it's not that 20%. It's not that less people no, are on course. dates. Right? No, of course. It's like it it doesn't adhere to whatever. Women will now show their teeth. They will be, yeah, they're allowed to laugh out loud above a certain decibel. You couldn't go above a decibel. Right. No. The gals um, until 2007. Um, 
the thing I always mean to ask people and forget is what do you think the upside of all of your blocks are? Do you know what I mean? Because it's there's so much focus on like, and it hurt, and but it's like, yeah, and. I'm working on them. Yeah. And it's, that's exciting for me. Okay. You see it as like, oh, a project I get to make. Well, this became a homework assignment. Because I had to like go, what are my blocks? And my first instinct was, I don't have any. <laughs> and then I wrote those like just thinking about it, yeah. it was so easy. And I'm sure there are 75 more. Sure. But being conscious of them or trying to be aware of them just to come to here at least, you know. But I'm saying like what all of your neuro, what's the upside? It's like Michael Jordan's a fucking psycho, but we get Chicago Bulls. Air Jordan, we got like, there's an upside to all of this stuff, right? What I'm wondering is, I, I don't want to make people feel bad about all of their quote unquote faults. Cause it's like, there's a lot of upside to a lot of our. We're all made up of fucked up shit. Yeah. From that, from our, from when we were, you know, our most Amoebas. impressionable yeah. selves, we were molded by people in distress, uh, who, certainly in a time where they were not thinking about feelings or who they were in the world or what, and nothing, aware of nothing, not their childhoods, not everything was, as Dave Attell would say, walk it off. Mm -hmm. You know, we're being molded by that. Yeah. Molded by sickness, <laughs> by, mm -hmm. by people completely in survival mode. Mm -hmm. And to even be at a place where we're allowed to, look at it to be detectives in our own lives. Like that should be like our number one job outside of whatever makes us yeah. give, give us food and shelter and stuff. And it's fucking fascinating. It should be for every single person. And also the thing that doesn't get covered enough is like you're fucking resilient. Yeah. People, it's like you, we both handed out flyers at the comedy club in 1980, whatever. You got punched in the, whatever. It was, I'm sorry, 90. Um, I'm saying you got punched in the face. I did, knocked unconscious. <laughs> Handing out flyers for comedy. I, I was not punched in the face, but like embarrassed and it's like shitty, right? You know what I mean? A lot like, happened on and, that corner. And Nate Bargatze did it and Pete Holmes did it. And it's like, you're going to be a loser. You're going to be fucked up. You're resilient. You're like capable of a lot of shit. And we're capable of hurting other people. You know what's interesting? Two things I did as a as a 20-something-year-old that made people enraged. And I was like, oh, my God, chill out. I looked back on and realized I was horribly wrong. And, you know, one was I did feel bad. I was working on the corner. Mm -hmm. I was drinking a blue Slurpee. I just had a little of it and I didn't want it. And I threw it in the trash, which are these big wire weave trash mm -hmm. cans in New York City. And of course, it splashed up on some like tourist white silk jumpsuit. And she was out of her skull screaming at me. And uh, I was just like, this fucking lady, you know, but of course she was. <laughs> like it was a totally mindless thing. And another thing that only just hit me this year. I got off the subway and you know, the, uh, many bar turnstile thing that yeah. you go through to leave. Yep. I like jumped up on it and like pushed, like I, I like 
rode my way. Like I jumped. I, I, I don't know how to explain it. I put my foot on the bottom. You hopped one. in and took the momentum. Yeah, and, yeah. I, and I pushed it through. And the guy behind me got, you know, slammed with metal bars. Yeah. And screamed at me. And I didn't put it together. And I was just like, chill out, dude. <laughs> and then like a year ago, it was like, oh, my God. I like, I like smashed the bars behind him and probably into his head. Yeah. Yeah. And then slowly, 30 years later, idiot. you go, you know what? <laughs> I mean, I'm an idiot. Right, but it's crazy but, how we, and not and not. What is your ultimate dream for yourself? I I don't have any. I, or no, I no do. no. I don't mean like work. I just mean like what what's what's your old. Where are you trying to get to? I will tell you, and this is I think probably a problem. And I I told Rory the other day I want to try to make goals <laughs> because I've never had goals. I wanted to be a comedian. Yeah. But I never went like, I need to get on the Letterman show or, you know, I've only made four specials. I've been doing I this for a very long time. I couldn't believe that. When I read it, I was like, that's got to be a typo. You want to know why? It never occurs to me to do a special until some an entity goes, would you like to do a special? You know, and I go. Uh, who, me? Okay. I go, oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. And this last so one, I owed HBO from like a pilot deal I had. And they were like, it's time. So, but I ne I just... I don't know why. I never think about it. I never what think your, where like, I want to be in five years. Goals. I never think. That's what I mean. Like, what are your, what are your, like, spiritual goals? I want to be at a higher place of understanding. I want to, I want to grow with my partner, and but also individually. Yeah. I want to be able to feel total autonomy and, um, and him to feel that and to, but to be able to be together without, us minimizing each other or, you know, or, or ourselves. Yeah. All those, th all my blocks, I want to work on them. I want it to, I want to be healthy. Boy, I want to, I, it's not just longevity. I want to be healthy and active and interested in stuff. I have no children. So I want younger people to want to take care of me as I get older. And, but the only thing I think of in the future, which I real have always thought of is I want to have a great elderly life. I want to live like, I want to be rich enough that I can live in a, a care center that I own, maybe with <laughs> other comics. And we each have our own sick pad. We have 24 hour nursing care. And then we have like a common area, but it's sick. Like it's nice. Yeah. And you know, it's like, do you ever see the documentary about there's an old age home? They're all like silent film stars and stuff. And they live to like 106 because they're so, um, they perform, they've got a piano, they do bits. They, they, you know, comics die young. They kill themselves or they live a really long life because, you know, and I hate to say, you know, it's like Mel Brooks had Carl Reiner for yeah. so many years. Every night they'd hang out, they'd watch a movie, they'd eat dinner on their TV dinner trays, they'd do bits that they've had for years or new ones, and they belly laugh. Yeah. I want that. I wanna I wanna be old with my my comedy writer dies, whoever those are at the time. I know. Well that's and it many of them will have dies. <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing is they just all die. But um, a bunch of them don't. You know what would help? Getting like a like a Judd 
Like a to real it? no to pay for it. Ooh. Like a real earner? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Judd Sandler. Judd. So fucking Sandler. Well, this guy can stay in my room, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Let's get the Adam, place. I want Judd, my spot. I want to We I don't even need Judd. And I believe if you caught Sandler on the right day. Is like, there there's right. no one richer or more generous? Than Adam Sandler. Yeah. Correct. Totally agree. You're great. Are we Can't, wrapping up? We're wrapping. looking at a... Uh, no, you're right. Ra- I got, you know, I... What did you... Well, here's the question. long. It yeah, felt well, short. Uh, what have you done that's helped? You do any 12-step? You do any therapy? What, do you, what have you done? Well, no 12-steps because I'm a big pot smoker. Sure. But only when all work is done. Sure. Um, never drank, which I feel like is probably why I have good skin. Mm-hmm. I'm right there. Um, yeah, you never drank. Mm-mm. Um, vegetarian, but you're vegan. I'm vegetarian on Sundays. Vegan six days a week, vegetarian. We, we downshift. We oh, you'll, little, you'll have pizza. Bring a little ice cream. And by the way, it's October. Go over to Salt and, uh, Salt and Straw. Get the candy copia. It's the best ice cream I've ever had. Salt and Straw. the best good. flavor at the best. And I get nothing from this other than it's late September and I'm counting the days. I might go. I think it might be out now. Candy Copia is the name of the. Oh, is this a fall special? It's yeah, they have a different fall. month. Every month they have different six different ice creams. Like, yeah, In I October, ice cream as well. Candy Copia. Yeah, uh, you're great. You're so good at great. comedy. You're uh, interesting. You're trying to grow, and it's. it's oh, here's another fear. Go. but I, I know this is. I think this is a wrapping up fear. I don't want to become an older comic that isn't funny anymore. Yeah, I'm with you. And totally vital and yeah. on the cutting edge. Yep. But completely who I am now. I kind of believe that the audience won't allow it. That you can tell. You can tell when it's like a real laugh and oh, like, yeah. hey, you're all oh, of I've it. I've always loved you. It's everything. <laughs> Everything is that like it's you can tell when someone's like hitting it or like oh eh. like your scent of a woman Oscar is really for like dog day afternoon Correct. and everything Correct. Previous. Every no having said that, it sounds like we're talking about somebody in particular. It's just like Jerry Seinfeld's still fucking hilarious. Yes. So like yes. that that's where your mind goes. But and then a lot of times you just can't it just kind of doesn't work. It's wild when comics become not funny. I know. Because they can tell. And there's like a little bit of panic in their eyes when you see them. And they're like, yeah, it's like shifty. It's like, it's like they got hit with the scarlet letter or something or like, or it's like a zombie thing where they like can tell they got like, yeah, I got to go. I got to go right. Or like you have to really, as you get older, watch comedy Mm -hmm. and and know what's happening now Mm -hmm. or else you're going to look real fucking old and stupid. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Bye. I love you. Love you too.